0: Hello and welcome to the two vegans. This is episode 35.
1: You're totally throwing me off with this now, like I was lost, but I'm so glad you picked it because I actually genuinely have no idea what episode this is. <laughs> uh, me neither, because
0: I'm just assuming it's 35. We ought to reach 36. Really, really,
1: <laughs> no, I think we have. This might actually be 36, but regardless of that, we really should be getting better at least this bit. <laughs> I don't know why we can't seem to do that. No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. Except Chirag. Uh, so how are you, Hito?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm okay too. Um, fresh from watching Seaspiracy.
0: Yeah, it really depressed me.
1: Okay, I have a question. Um, yes, of course it would have depressed you. But did it surprise you?
0: No, not at all.
1: So that was the thing, right? So, um, just incidentally, obviously, it's been a little bit of the talk of the town, right? There've been quite a few people talking about it since it's released a few weeks ago. Um, I've been seeing posts, seeing a lot of stuff, and a lot of people like were just really, really shocked by the fact that you know what they believed to be sustainable fishing wasn't sustainable. Um, But you know, I mean, this is something we've talked about many times, right? And I I, like for me, it was like uh, I finally had some a conversation with somebody literally yesterday uh and and uh something happened about food and i i reminded the person i was like well no i'm vegan so i wouldn't eat that i was like oh oh by the way because apparently you know natural reaction to saying you're vegan is oh did you watch conspiracy and i was like no i'm gonna watch it tomorrow but it was just funny but uh like oh man yeah like it was so depressing like i was so shocked and i was like really okay so you know much like game changers I think it's been one of those things where a lot of people were just like whoa it had no idea and I was sitting there going like that sucks but I mean come on like how how did you how did you not know that you know
0: um yeah I had some similar but I don't have many friends here (laughs) but a couple of people that I spoke to and oh yeah did
1: you mean did you mean in Amsterdam where you are now
0: yeah yeah okay oh right okay oh sure (laughs) I'm also apparently very slow in Amsterdam.
1: <laughs> it's the cold, it's not you. Yeah, that is true.
0: That is a bit... I mean, it, it snows in April, like, what the hell? <laughs> okay. um, this is for another day. But, um, yeah, so I had a couple of people telling me the same thing and also putting up on their Facebook and saying, oh, my God, instant revelations, and uh, have you guys watched Sea And then never really knew that I was contributing financially to this industry and I was like, okay, this is great. Um, you know, people are now talking about it. It's affecting them. And then the next day they put up a picture of horse riding and, I don't know, eating like non vegan food. Um, and you just tend to wonder, like, what is it that has made us like that? You know, what oh. is it that...
1: Yeah, you know, cognitive Actually, cognitive dissonance is is very real, right? It's and that dissonance exists even between the different kinds of um you know food. I groups, don't think so at speak. this stage
0: it's cognitive dissonance. Um cognitive dissonance I I feel like kind of um emerges from ignorance to a certain extent. And um if you don't see enough of the um the massacre that you are contributing to if you don't see enough graphical images if you don't see stuff like that if you don't yeah. read stuff like that then it's easier to kind of indulge in cognitive dissonance but when you do see it and when you just know it it's just bare facts on the table and then you're still going ahead and not doing uh anything about it and that's when like this is this is a little twisted you know why wouldn't you why wouldn't you why is your convenience and your taste so important like how how much are they controlling you you know just it's just a mental game and it kind of blows my mind
1: so I think uh, there's, there's a couple of things here um, so by the way the the people at your end <laughs> were better than what I saw over here because um, I saw someone post about Seaspiracy and the very next day go to a seafood restaurant and post pictures from there and and by the way so here it was not a case of oh there's a disconnect and i'm now thinking you know like i'm seeing seafood and whatever but it was more a case of like oh my god this was like one of the most amazing meals i've had i i know i watched sea spirits yesterday but like i can't give this up and it was just one of those things where you're you know so i mean that's that's kind of the upper limit there so i just wanted to kind of point that out um but
0: that's sorry to interrupt but that's it right like This person is being controlled by their taste buds. Mm -hmm. Nothing else, nothing else but their taste buds.
1: I mean... Taste buds and a lot of, I think, conditioning of the fact that, like, good food is, uh, you know, whether, whether you look at it as something you're entitled to or just the fact that, like, it's so normalized that, yeah, I know I saw something a little bit ghastly. I mean... Listen, we grew up, well, at least the, the, when we were growing up as kids, uh, you didn't get like sort of factory, produ- uh, you got factory produce, farm meat. But uh, what I mean is you didn't get like boxed meat and plastic wrapping a- in the stores, right? You went to a butcher, right? And at a butcher, you invariably had upside-down carcasses of stuff hanging from the walls. And that didn't stop anybody from being like, Huh. You know that looks like a I mean, you know, uh, there's a whole tradition in the US especially if you look in 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 some states about uh you know, roasting a a pig or a certain kind of meat on the spit like as a whole. Right? So the the view of a carcass is is something that there there is this uh, um, I, yeah, I don't have the word for it, but you know what I mean, that there is this feeling of like, oh, that's fine. I'm entitled to that, right? And so that entitlement goes way above the fact that ultimately I'm doing this to survive or I'm doing, the, I mean, now it's become fine dining, but I'm saying at the time, and that's okay. I'm allowed to do that because my survival is more important. And we've talked about sort of this kind of, you know, difference between the species uh, with, you know, with regards to cognitive dissonance, what I meant is just like, I mean, we, and we talk about this a lot of, all the time where you talk about this, like, oh my God, I'm an animal lover. I love my dogs and cats. Let's go eat steak. And that kind of, you know, like the, the thing that happens like within hours of each other, and you sit there going, like, wait, how does... And they, but that connect is what I mean, is not, is not being made. So when you say, like, oh, what's his spiracy, Oh, my God, I didn't realize I was contributing to the industry, but now I'm going to eat chicken or, or whatever. Uh, is still, there's a bit of a, still a disconnect there where they don't equate these things together. And I want to talk a little bit about that because that's something that came up. Or maybe we can kick off with that because I think that's something that came up. So towards the very end of... Um, sort of in the latter end of the... Uh, to the, in, the in the end of the, of, of the uh, documentary... Uh, you know, the, he finally spots... He goes to this... I think it's in Denmark, right? Where he goes to this sort of old-style whaling spot um, and and stuff. And then he sits down with this whaler, right? And he's kind of explaining how uh, one whale produces the same amount of meat as 2,000 chickens or something. And he's like, well, you know, so if I have to compare the two, it's like one life versus 2,000 lives, I'll easily do one life. And I'm just like... I- I- hold on, hold on. No, no, no. Stop, stop, stop. Wait, what? And it was this kind of like this thing where like, well, I'm doing this for sustenance and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it because I'm killing one over 2000. And then like, he actually in the same breath then goes on to say like, for me, one life is one life and it's equal. Like one chicken is the same thing as one whale is the same thing as one other thing. Uh, You know, two minutes later, but two minutes prior to that, he was like, well, I'd rather kill one of this than 2000 chickens. And I had so many problems with what he said because, A, like that equation, I'm like, who, first of all, like, where do we get to make these kind of equations? These are not math problems. These are, you know, these are lives. But then as a secondary point is like, you know, you are saying it as if by killing this one whale, you actually save the lives of 2,000 chickens. You don't. The, the, The chickens are getting killed anyway right? It's, they're not separate things that are happening. It's like, I'm doing this, therefore I now save to the you No, you didn't. You didn't make any kind of equation. You just killed one whale. And that's all you did. And so for me, like that was kind of that, again, going back to that sort of, these kind of weirdo math, math equations that we kind of set up, or, or humans have set up, that this is better than that, and this is okay to this, and this meat is okay, and that one isn't, and we should outrage over dog meat, but let's kill as many cows as we can. And what do you mean deforestation has happening because of uh, this thing? I mean, that's the avocados that are doing it, right? And all of these like weird equation-y things that we are using as ways to justify stuff. Whereas when you hear it coming out of this guy and I'm just sitting there going like, no, like that's not even, like, that's, you're not even making the right comparisons.
0: Yeah, for sure. That was that was pretty interesting. And I like the fact that um, they showed his perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously it's one of the many justifications that people have to in order to kind of feel better about what they're doing
1: yeah
0: um but at the end of the day i mean this guy is just one part of the problem it's it's at it's the end consumer who is to be blamed right if he needs to cater to a demand Mm -hmm. which is massive Mm -hmm. massive i mean how Mm -hmm. many times have we heard like oh i'm i'm a vegetarian except i eat fish and you know or even i don't like meat but you know fish is okay fish is something that i do it's not a big deal like this mental image of fish is unimportant.
1: No, again, and, and again, it's back to numbers, right? It's like, there's so many fish. Kidding one isn't a big deal. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And also you don't realize the importance of, uh, importance of a fish in the uh, ecological biosystems. Right. Um, you also feel that fish is an unimportant animal that probably does not have the same sense as a mammal mm. um, and many other things. Right. so, so over a period of time, you've conditioned, and therefore now you are so okay to eat fish and kill fish that such a documentary was kind of like an eye opener to show you the volume at which you're doing it. Even though we keep reading in the newspapers every other day, like there will be more plastic than right. um, fish by 2050. Like this mental image of the seas being burdened with plastic. Um, but this guy is actually now catering to that kind of demand. And so, in order to sleep better at night, he has to say something.
1: I, he has yeah, to and, and in people. fact, that was, I, I actually wrote that down because he actually says, I'm a better person than the person that kills 2,000 chickens, right? And it was just one of those, like, yeah. uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, do, again, going back to the thing, you, by doing this, you're not actually saving 2,000 chickens, though. So, it doesn't make you yeah. even remotely better. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah, but
0: in his head, he's probably thinking that I could have farmed 2,000 chickens these unimaginary chickens that i'm saving yeah
1: exist exactly yeah so i yeah i mean and, and i think that 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 scene actually i was a bit i was starting to get a bit disappointed actually when i was watching that part even before he interviewed this but like you know when he's like we make this final trip and he's like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go and see this olden style i think he called it a grind although it's spelled like grind but anyway um, uh, uh, of 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 whaling, and to see if the olden practice was quote unquote sustainable, right? And so that's kind of what he does. And I was for a minute getting this feeling that like, oh, is he going to now spin off and say, okay, maybe there is a bit of a sustainable approach to this? And I'm I'm I was obviously very very disappointed to see the imagery, but at the same time, a little bit maybe less disappointed to see that the conclusion was. I mean, you know, he the the guy, the, the the filmmaker was then sitting in his car and kind of like, whoa, like we are not even valuing a life anymore. And obviously it's very like it's red water. And, you know, that, that whole process that he witnesses. And he's like, this isn't about the numbers. It's about the life. Um, and I think so he reaches that conclusion. And I think that's, um, that was something that was that was just really interesting. Um, I want to talk a little bit about also like this whole kind of sustainable farming thing because I think that was kind of the crux of... Uh, the thing as a whole, and <laughs> I think that like uh, this is something that's come up on the show a couple of times. We've, we've talked it specifically for salmon farming, right, and stuff, and and we keep hearing this thing about oh, you know, these fish are sustainably farmed and stuff. And um, uh, he he meets the guy from I think the EU um, sort of climate authority, right, and and this is something we've also kind of run through uh, some time back where we were talking about plastic and that whole kind of the plastic crisis. And it was just very interesting how you know he was kind of trying to get the guy. And I know it's a little bit dram- dramatized, obviously, in terms of how they, how they, what parts of the interview they show and they don't. But he was trying to explain to this person that, like, hey, you know, you you keep saying the word sustainable farming, uh, sustainable fishing, sorry, but is it actually doing anything? Because ultimately, the statistics show, and the and the and the waste shows, and the fish population shows, and the ecological balance shows that the sustainable fishing thing that you keep advocating for doesn't seem to be working. And his response was, yeah, that's why I advocate for more sustainable fishing. And I just kept hearing that and going, like, and I mean, you know, even he, he even he mentions like, you know, how is doing more of something that already doesn't work a problem? But even more than that, I was like, what What does it mean to say the words more? Sustain, what does that even mean as a sentence? Because sustainable fishing implies, and he gives this whole banking, like, just amazing example of like banking and saying you know you have 100 euro in the bank and as long as you keep doing work with the interest it's fine but if you start touching the capital that's a problem and that is the definition of sustainable fishing and i'm like yo oh, it is so not because <laughs> you know you can't compare <laughs> you know uh, what is now even not even actual cash but electronic money uh, to the lives of fish and and, and that whole kind of <laughs> ecological balance which is very delicate uh, but but the idea of like, what, so what does it mean? What does it mean when you say sustainable fishing? Like I, at this point, I don't understand. And I think this is one, this documentary actually, thankfully, perhaps really touches on that as being a key element to say, actually, what the hell is sustainable fishing? And it, like, it doesn't make any sense.
0: So this this example that he gives of banking, right? And don't touch the capital. But you've already touched and ruined and screwed the capital like eons ago. I mean... <laughs> what are you talking about? There is no capital to sustain you any longer. Now you're just exploiting the ocean. You're so, so much closer to like killing the ocean that this is, forget about your farming, that this, this entire industry shouldn't exist at this stage. You should just stop or slow down at the very least. Um, and that also reminds me of this entire labeling of the product. Uh, where they have these, uh, they give these labels blindly, and they interview this one guy, and they're like, how do you? Do you even know where this is coming from?" Something like that. I don't. I don't remember. Because it's a, a It's the one.
1: Uh, yeah, it was the one where they, they they do the tuna fishing, which is dolphin safe, uh, but they're like, "Well, we don't. We have no way of actually." Nobody's really
0: there from their team to actually monitor how many dolphins are being caught while tuna fishing, and Not even caught, but, just...
1: but killed. He actually says we rely on the captain's notes to say, "Okay, I didn't kill a dolphin," and that's fine.
0: Yeah, and he's just, and he's so nonchalant about it. He's just like, yeah, I mean, how else should it be? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in an industry and in a company that is basically providing a label to millions and millions of consumers who trust me, but I have no idea whether it's true or not. I mean, that's yeah. all right, right? Like the captain says it, so it must be right. And you just, it's just mind-blowing how blindly we follow these labels and have never questioned them. Um, sustainable farming, free-ranged eggs, um, happy chickens and uh, funny cows and whatever, whatever. And you're just, you're just happy. It just gives you, your brain, a little bit of comfort that, okay, you're not doing something I, bad. I picked a better ahead, option. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're a great person. Look at you killing fish, but sustainably.
1: Yeah. I mean, the label thing was, uh, it also like sort of made me question a lot about uh, just in terms of thinking about these labels and and how they work and and you know we have we have a similar one I mean we have a vegan label as well that is kind of getting dominance at least in this part of the world uh, but there's there's a couple of different ones right and then there you have the PETA approved ones and again there's a lot of question marks being raised about those labels as well um, and I, I do think by the way that this is it's it's a very tough problem to solve because uh, and I, I don't think I don't mean it only purely from a logistics point of view. But it's the same, like, I mean, you go back to, um, you know, the, the health concerns that were raised about sugar uh, about a decade or a decade plus ago. Um, and this idea of saying, okay, well, you know, we're putting cornstarch and all this shit and everything and we need to kind of mandate, because obviously we had a lot of kids falling sick and obesity and all of these problems. So we need to mandate how, how, uh, how we do sugar labeling. And the solution was to say, hey, you know, the, this is the minimum, uh, whatever, this is the cap of content Uh, sorry this is the bar of content uh, the minimum amount of sugar that you need to report you know per whatever and then you look at something like uh, like a tic tac which is essentially just sugar uh, but they say the serving size is one individual piece of tic tac and because the amount of sugar in that is less than the cutoff that has been set which why is the cutoff not zero another story entirely but the cutoff is you know point zero something some decimal point and because the sugar content in that single serving is less i can report it as zero which is just uh, don't, i don't even know how that how i don't even know how that went through a series of approvals and meetings but here we are uh, but uh, but you know so the, that kind of logic to say like well we'll just create a label that complies with something whether or not that compliance is valid and again you see that getting exposed in in cispiracy as a yeah, we have no way of monitoring. We have to rely on the captain's word that didn't kill any dolphins, which, well, you know, leave humans to do that. And guess how that turns out. Uh, But even when it has been something that is monitored heavily, I mean, you look at things like packaging and so on, you still find these kind of little, little loopholes here and there that allow you to label something as eco-friendly packaging. And you see plastic and you're like, I don't understand how this is eco-friendly. And it's like, well, only the cup is plastic. Everything else is cardboard. So that's why it's eco-friendly. And you're like, okay.
0: It's eco-friendly here. It's not eco-friendly.
1: Right. So it's all just Com- like... Compared to a full tone of phrase. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, you know, tone of phrases. So that Dolphin one was also is, is, was quite surprising. Um, I had a question for you, which I think kind of came out of this, which, which I think... And, and again, you know, when we, when we were talking about game changers, if you remember, uh, one of the things we were talking about was the fact that like, it's again, it's not like the value of a plant-based diet to the impact of a non-plant-based diet or impact of a meat-heavy diet and the kind of impact it's having on the environment is, again, something that's not known, but potentially it's something that people are happy to turn a blind eye to. It's more comforting to turn a blind eye to and so on. And I think one of the things that these guys or the guy for Seaspiracy did, interestingly, was he kind of put the human rights angle on it. You know, so he was talking about the labor and kind of like how... This is made sustainable, A, because we're dealing with fish who are in abundance, followed by, uh, you know, we, weirdo regulations that don't make sense and you know, rely on the word and whatever. And then the third layer of which is, is essentially slaves, so slave labor, which is hiring all these people for next to nothing, potentially intense, incentivizing them based on how much they catch, um, and, and things like that that is creating, you know, another layer of problem. And... Um, and that was interesting on a couple of different fronts again because it brings that angle of, of the story that I think for you and me may not be necessary. I won't say necessary, but like for maybe for people like us, when we're talking about it, we are very, you know, we're, we're okay to talk about the life and kind of figure out that story. But the idea is that, well, ultimately we need to survive. And it raised for me that important question to say, well, if you are doing this fishing in the name of feeding somebody who is impoverished, but then you are hiring slave labor who now cannot pay for the, for their own food, have you actually solved the problem?
0: Is that a question for me? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, I, I'm... right, because you started off by saying that I have a question for you. <laughs> you asked okay. me this question.
1: Sorry. I'm not fishing. No, no, no. Let me rephrase that then. I think what I mean by this, uh, uh, when I say I have a question for you, is like, what did you think of this part? Because I thought it was really interesting that.
0: Yes, definitely. I mean, veganism is an animal rights movement, right? And that's what we should focus on. But the fact is that we live in a world where there are many, many, many people, majority of them, in fact, that hold human life superior and above non-human animal life. And it's a fact. We can hate it. We can disagree with it, but we cannot deny it. And it exists. And when a majority of population believes in it, then you have to show them what they are not able to see about the cause that they believe in. Um, and since vegans usually consider every life as equal, uh, if there is any life being affected by it, uh, by any sort of an industry that is harming different kinds of animals, then that needs to be spoken about. So I liked the fact that he added the human rights angle because he's a vegan himself. He probably knows that somebody will come back and say, Oh, but what about the humans that are dying in a poor country? Um, and they will always have the country's name ready on the, at the tip of their tongue because they know which country to use where. Um, and um,
1: You're not talking from experience at all, are you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, so um, so if if this is what you want to see, if this is what is probably going to help change or shift your mindset a little bit, then so be it. But the problem is, and I've always maintained this, right? The problem with the world... There are many problems with the world, Um, but the cause that we are fighting for, which is animal rights, is not one dimensional. It's never one dimensional. There is always association with speciesism, capitalism, overpopulation, um, many other things. right? Um, And unless people don't try and understand all these aspects, they're never going to be able to understand why we are fighting for this cause. Uh, the fact that you should be thankful that you have a job that pays you almost close to nothing, um, at least, is pure capitalist greed, right? You're not funding the guy's income. You're putting that guy into deeper poverty. He does not deserve it, right? There's a reason why developed developed countries have minimum wages and underdeveloped or developing countries do not have it because they exploit human rights, uh, because they're allowed to do so, but just the concept of one human being being paid more money because he has a degree in his pocket versus another human being. Let's even put that aside. Let's let's put that basic disparity of income aside. Um, but such a vast vast distribution of wealth amongst the rich and the poor is acceptable to you because you think that you're doing a favor on paying that poor guy that much money so that he can eat two times a day is wrong
1: i think and, it, I, uh, I think what's, what's interesting i think is that it this 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 particular representation of of that actually takes it even a step further because it's not just the fact that it's like oh you know you're you're paying somebody and you're, you're, you're facilitating his ability to whatever, to eat or, 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 or live a life or whatever. But the fact that, you know, I think, what he, and I think it's an interesting point that he's trying to make, which is, you know, by, f- by eating fish, just by the sheer act of eating fish, right? Not even being involved in the industry, not even fishing, not any of that. But the sheer act of eating fish, you are actually condoning through your wallet slavery, ultimately, and, I'd oh, say, yeah, yeah, and I course. think that that's a very interesting, because he, you know, when he mentioned slavery, like he brought up that word and I thought that that was like, wait, what is he going to talk about? Because I was just kind of like, you know, where is he going with that? And I, and that's when, you know, I kind of saw that sort of angle. I think he, he's trying to push it, that conversation even further by saying like, we're not even talking about, yes, income disparity, yes, et cetera. But it's not about like you facilitating anything. You are actually actively monetizing slavery, if that's, if that's accurate, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. I'm not even questioning all of that. I, I obviously don't deny that this industry is funding slavery and um, labor slavery or slave labor, whatever you call it. Um, and as is a lot of other industries. Um, you can speak of um, the meat industry, the uh, cow industry and the trauma and the PTSD uh, that the workers over there have to go through, okay, because beyond the money aspect of it, these people are working in such pathetic working conditions, killing living beings on a daily basis, seeing blood and gore on a daily basis, and the mental effects that they have is unimaginable, right? And it kind of numbs them so much that they think it's normal. All of that has already been established, so you're anywhere funding all of that. But when these corporates come back and say but oh look at us you know the livelihood of so many people depend on our industry how can you just uh, ask us to stop and that's where I'm talking about the fact that there are so many things associated with it because then the consumer is like yeah you know I cannot I cannot just the livelihood of farmers and the livelihood of fishermen and this and that
1: yeah which is but, a, which is an interesting argument because he didn't really bring that up and i was wondering if he was going to tackle that which is like the, the income of fishermen yeah. which is a standard uh, sort of rebuttal that's given to be like yeah but what about the income of all these people who are you know for generations being in the fishing industry and and are surviving you know hand to mouth in that industry and then you know can you take their livelihood away and i think that was this was an interesting angle to it but he didn't make that connection
0: no but he yeah. didn't he didn't have to reach there. But I'm kind of giving a food for thought to our listeners if they're still contemplating veganism, is that even if there are certain livelihoods that depend on it, and even if these livelihoods are a little better than what you've seen in that documentary, still does not make it right. There's still so much about wealth distribution and the fact and the mental effect that these jobs have on these workers, which weren't tackled in this, but I think it were tackled on. Um, in some other documentary,
1: probably Kau's Prissy, but I don't remember. Yeah, I think, and that's what—that's it's one of those arguments we had spoken about actually. When you know, when we were talking a lot of stuff, when we were talking about India, but we were also talking about places where the argument again, the meat industry is like, what about the butchers? What about the, uh, you know, that that whole income stream and and you know, the argument I remember because I had, we had made at the time was like, you know, if something's wrong, you can't justify it saying well, someone's earning a living from that because I mean. <laughs> That argument can be made for child labor and that argument can be made for um, uh, racketeering and fraud and, and prostitution and everything, right? So, so then that, that differentiation doesn't exist, in my opinion, in the sense that um, if something's wrong, we got to solve that problem and then see yeah. how we can get these people livelihoods rather than going the other way yeah and so uh the, la- the last thing i had written down was was sort of this uh this question that they ask uh which i know we've touched on a little bit which is this whole like do fish feel pain um and this argument that um you know and we when we've heard this i know we've talked about this too like uh you know oh fish are so many they don't feel pain you know they don't they're they're, uh, they're a certain class of animal that doesn't feel pain uh you know plants feel more pain i mean i've even heard that one um and and sort of that argument and and i was thinking when this person i mean you know obviously this this woman was explaining how like hey ultimately they have nervous systems they they communicate i mean you know for by the way on, on a side note for many many years we've been told how dolphins are probably the most intelligent beings uh they have complete languages they communicate and all of this stuff um so again you know funny kind of dissonance but uh, or, or intentional like sort of blindness towards it uh, that you can't say that and also wonder if fish feel pain for starters uh, but I was thinking of Finding Nemo when when she was saying that actually and I was thinking about the fact that, like you know on the one hand we can make this movie about this fish who's separated from his mother and uh, also separated from his father or and and this whole journey of like trying to track him down and and oh my God, like Nemo is so cute and Dory is so funny and all of this stuff. And we can we can make those sort of very funny comparisons with uh, doing that and seeing aquatic life for, in in some ways for all of the beauty that it is uh, while simultaneously being like, well, you know, fish don't really feel pain though. And you're like, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, and I don't know, I was just thinking of finding Nemo and when she was explaining all of that and I, I kept thinking to myself, like, you know, this is such an interesting argument, like... I think you said this once before that like you would rather have someone who says, no, I understand it feels pain, but I want to eat it. Versus they probably don't feel any pain. It's totally safe. If I eat it, Uh, you know, I'm helping a butcher's livelihood and these animals are meant to be eaten arguments, you know?
0: But there are so many fish. Uh, No. (laughs) And I think um, just connecting to that, just the way the documentary started, which was the, save the oceans by reducing your straw consumption of obsession right um, and we've we've obviously milked that oat enough uh, ooh, but uh, ooh, look at that I know this should be your opener um, but it's just justifications and justifications and more justifications and every day people come up with like this new thing and they're like oh look this is what I found I'm going to do everything and tell myself everything but I'm not going to reduce my consumption I'm not going to think about and it's it's mind-boggling that veganism is considered extreme and a cult and this and that by many people And I'm just trying to go a little bit deeper on different levels and try and understand that since when did the welfare of a living being become extreme? You know, why do you have to take the message from the vegans are, Oh, how do you tell you're a vegan? Oh, no, you don't have to. They'll tell yourself, haha, you know, um, why are you basing all your decisions on the kind of people that you're meeting? Why aren't you basing your decisions on facts? on what is being proved to you over and over and over again. Um, So I I kind of find that interesting. Like you said, at the end of the day, it's all boils down to cognitive dissonance, but also a lot to ignorance, greed, um, consumerism, um, and also just the scientific facts about addiction. You know, I don't think people are covering this enough that we're addicted to the food that we eat. And there's always um, a discouragement in the world about smoking cigarettes because you can be addicted to tobacco, it's not good for your health, alcohol, drugs, hard drugs, soft drugs, whatever, but nobody really talks about the food addiction. And nobody's ever addicted to strawberries. Oh my God, I can't stop eating strawberries. Oh, but strawberries are bad, but I just can't stop myself, right? Instantly you'll stop. Eating strawberries. If it if you found out tomorrow that people are being killed for strawberry farming, but the fact that cheese addiction, meat addiction, seafood addiction, how how are you not thinking that you're actually addicted to this? You know, scientifically, it just it just blows my mind.
1: Yeah, and I I'm going to link it to this like, you know, Game Changers came out about a year and a half ago, close to two years ago potentially. Um, so we are two whatever a year and a half to two years since Game Changers. And I'm sure a lot of people, whether who those who listen and maybe those who don't listen to us, um, made promises to change on the basis of Game Changers. And so I'm going to put this out there. How many of you are still doing those changes? Because I'd love to know. You know? And of course, absolutely kudos if you are, but I think that even though Game Changers was actually in many ways a game-changing <laughs> documentary, apologies for the pun, um, in the conversations I was having around with the people around me and everybody who had seen it and kind of feeling like their eyes had opened, I believe they've all, they've all mostly returned back to some semblance of whatever they were doing. And I think that that's something that, uh, you know, I want to kind of re... I want to remind again that, you know, when we see something like this, it has a very immediate effect on us, but it tapers very quickly. We are very desensitized today. And that's, by the way, it happens with everything. I mean, we, we can talk about, it from a news perspective, we can talk about an injustice perspective. I mean, you know, outrage one day, outrage another day, find something else for day three and move on, move on, move on. We rarely see follow-ups anyway. Um, and I think that there's a, there's a danger as always about this thing. I mean, again, both of us shared examples at the start of this about how people who saw it and yet were doing very different things within twenty four hours of watching it that would imply that like this had no impact on them. Um, I think that that is something that's very real. I think that's something that's you know it probably goes back to as you said goes back to almost an addiction towards the fact that the food we eat uh, whether and we have that by the way it's linked to status it's linked to the you know a lot of things around us. And um, it's something that that we should really be thinking about because it's it's one thing to be, you know, tweeting and in sharing on Instagram and talking about oh my god my jaws dropped and I'm I'm so shocked by all of these statistics that I got shared. But if a week later you're you know you're having caviar, I don't think that that is really an effective uh, thing. And I, I don't blame the filmmaker here or anybody else, but I think it's it's really really important that. You know, we think about, um, you know, changing for a few days doesn't really solve anything. Uh, And just as much as in the documentary says that stopping drinking from straws doesn't solve anything. We have to move and and do that with everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, I know we're reaching close to time, but... There are certain reviews that I was looking up of Seaspiracy and some of them have kind of said, oh, but this documentary is a bit flawed and it's so dramatized and it's this and it's that. Well, of course, this is also a part of the entertainment industry. To be able to put that point across, you have to add a bit of a shock value. It does not mean that those statistics and the information and the graphics that you've seen yourself are fake. Um, maybe they are presented in a more dramatized way, but that's how it works, right? And these people do not go on all these silly shows um, that are produced on a daily basis, trying to, I don't know, stuff like 90 Day Fiance or some stuff like that where you're meeting people. Oh, okay. It's shocking, <laughs> right? I mean, its it's not normal. Look at the message that is being given. So if there's someone out there that hasn't watched Seaspiracy yet, do not be fooled by these um, reviews. They are they're meant to be critical. This is what their livelihood depends on. So um, whatever you see in the documentary at the end of the day is and are facts. Um, but most importantly, lives are being taken. And yeah, that's yeah, what exactly.
1: matters. I mean, fish are being killed. Uh, the red water you saw, the whaling is not is not what's the you know it's it's that's not being dramatized. The music behind it maybe, but the visuals were real, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, I know there were there were a couple other things that came out of this documentary, and you know I, I know these things will come up as well, uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I I also didn't actually I didn't look up any reviews before we did our chat because I didn't want to kind of get into that space, but. I was wondering, you know, like it's only a matter of time before the, somebody comes out and says, "Well, you know, ultimately the guys who do who invest in Beyond invest in this, so it's like that's why it's all fake." Uh, so we may uh, we may deal with that a little bit, but yeah, but I, but I do agree. I, I think um, you know, of course, would love to hear from you if you're listening to this. Um, you know what you thought of the documentary. I'm mean, always interested to hear that. Uh, but I think when we we're thinking of impact and and something that's a bit longer term. Let this not be again yet another cool movie that we checked off our Netflix list and moved away to the bottom of some queue somewhere.
0: And one last thing, if you're ever in doubt, uh, think of it this way. If you wouldn't do something to yourself or to a fellow human or to a child, um, then don't do it to an animal.
1: You can find us on at the.2.vegans on Instagram. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to release some of these YouTube videos. So if you're interested in that, you can find us on YouTube as well. Just look for the 2 vegans. Uh, and of course, we're in your podcast players as always. Uh, and we'll be back again soon. This is bye from Chag. And from Hegal. Ciao. Ciao.